BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co experts of Rocks Pile, and I'm joined again by my friend and fellow co expert, Kevin Henry, in snowy Colorado. Kevin, how are you? You know, it is snowy. The uh, We're starting snowmageddon here. Uh, but uh, bring it on, man. You know, bring it on. And I know we're going to send it your way to Ohio after this. Yeah. Noon tomorrow through Friday. Yeah, we're supposed to get anywhere from a foot and a half to three feet of snow because, you know, meteorologists are very accurate. Somewhere um, in there. Yeah. So somewhere it's. 18 to 36 inches. So uh, it, uh, no difference in that whatsoever. Um, yeah, I and saw then it's in the forties right now. And Friday night, we're supposed to be in the negatives. So that that's always terrific. <laughs> I saw the New York meteorologist getting roasted on Twitter for predicting between two and 20 inches during the Northeaster. Oh yeah. During the Nor'easter. So yeah, it's an exact science, right? As Bud Black would say, that's meteorology for you. Well, let's talk about our buddy, Buddy Black, our buddy, Buddy Black. How about that? You know, um, so if you have not had a chance yet to read Nick Groke's article, uh, Stay the Rockies, uh, you know, and the fan responses back uh, to Groke, I, you know, I don't think either one of us were very surprised by the overall tone of the fans' responses and their mindset with the franchise and heading into next year right now. I do have to say I was, uh, I wasn't surprised. I was more, uh, I, I wouldn't say relieved, but I, in a way it was surprised. It just with, it was with Bud Black of, yeah. okay. We, and we've discussed this before. He's, he's doing a hell of a job considering all the part of my French BS he has to deal with. And I mean, this past year, 
Oh, well, in the past few years, he had to deal with Breitich. He's had to deal with Monfort. He's had to deal with PR disaster after PR disaster. And I mean, this year, essentially for the entire season, it was okay. Bill Schmidt is in charge. Maybe he isn't in charge. Maybe it's Dick Monfort's in charge. Now we've got a new club president. And then we don't trade story. He's got to deal with all this stuff. And people, at least in the boat, have realized, hey, he's doing as well as as good of a job as he possibly can. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's so many times that you're handed uh, a short deck. And what are you going to do with that? Yeah. You know, and I think Bud has done an exceptional job with what he has had to deal with. I think you look back to uh, the trade deadline last year. You think back to what happened with Trevor Story, all of us wondering, is Trevor going to stay or go? Trevor wondering if he was going to stay or go. You know, and I think whenever you look at that night in San Diego, when Bud gave Trevor the night off from the lineup, just because he knew it had been a very emotional day, you know, and obviously Trevor stayed through the rest of the season. You know, and I think back to how Bud had to handle that. Nothing we'll ever see. We will never see. We'll never know about that, anything. But that's the kind of stuff that Bud deals with on a daily basis. He always jokes with us, you know, in the the press about how he talks to his players, you know, and he, you know, and he makes a, a joke about, you know, I actually talk to my guys every day. Yeah. And that's part of what I don't think anybody realizes is the relationship that he builds and the trust that those guys have in him and vice versa. And I think that that's something that you've seen in a lot of franchises you can't take for granted. Yeah. And I, I won't say the player's name, but I saw it on the road where it was, for example, it was in Cincinnati. Um, it was 94 degrees and Buddy Black was wearing the long sleeve pullover that he always wears. And it was a player that was new to the Rockies this year. And soon as he, as soon as he came out of the dugout, I was like, you're really going to wear that? I'm I'm wearing a, a polo and shorts. And usually I wouldn't wear shorts in a press box. But when it's 95 degrees outside and 80% humidity, I'm dying down here. And you're wearing that. He's like, oh, no, I'm taking it off. He walks by one of the Rockies that was new in 2021. And the player literally says, buddy, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you wearing that? <laughs> and he's like, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm taking yeah. it off. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, you know, I think there's a lot to be said, and we've talked talked about it on previous podcasts, about clubhouse chemistry, how important that is. You know, and I, and I know that there's the, the rolling of the eyes about being a clubhouse guy. But for Bud to keep this team together through everything that happened with Nolan, through everything that happened with Trevor, through everything that has happened, you know, just since he took over injury-wise. I mean, you know, you think back to the David Dahl days. Let's go back to those. And all the questions that that he personally took on about Dahl's injury, about his history, about everything else, Buddy soaked up a lot of those himself so Dahl wouldn't have to answer them, or it would at least be not as uh, downward on, on doll. And that's yeah. just one example I can think of where buddy has usually been the guy up front kind of taking the bullets for some of his players. And let's be honest, he's especially under the last few, I, I really last two years or so of Breitich, Bud black was the guy for the organization having to take the bullets of, okay, why is it, why is Breitich doing this? Yeah. Why is Breitich 
not doing anything. Yeah. And he was out there every day taking the bullets. And if you look at the if you look at the poll on it, one being the worst rating of how would you grade Bud Black as a manager and five being the best, 66 percent of the people said that he was a four or a five. Sixty six percent. And, you know, and I think we we look so much to the the flames on Twitter and, and hear the booze and everything else whenever he leaves Estevez in there too long or, you know, he shouldn't put Kenley in in this situation or whatever it is. You know, the, the simple fact of the matter is that there's times that he's making moves and he will, he will answer the question about it afterwards for us. Yeah. But he'll make a move because maybe that's the only move there was to make because there were guys who were down in the bullpen and couldn't pitch that night. Yeah, I, there were there were times when I was at the games, I, I would even say in the press box, Oh, he's going to player X in this situation. And then either the next night or the next day, he would say, yeah, well, this guy, this, uh, this guy was hurt. This guy was hurt. this guy wasn't feeling well, this guy, I didn't want to pitch him three days in a row. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, when you look at it like that, like, yeah, but he's your best option. Yeah. And, and so sometimes your hands are tied. So I, I was really pleased to see that people realized that there's only so much you can do with what's given to you. And yeah. that Bud, during his tenure, and granted, there have been some great moments under Bud Black with the Rockies. There have been. You know, that night at Wrigley Field in the wildcard game, we'll never forget that. But there's also been a lot of times over these last couple of years going through the pandemic. I mean, let's give, let's give him props for that. Yeah. No, I mean, seriously, just everything that this team has been through and he's been that guiding light. And I hope that they will figure out a way to keep him on past his current contract right now, which I know, you know, isn't getting a lot of buzz right now, but it is a question. Yeah. And that's assuming he wants to stay in a managerial role. Of course. Absolutely. Even if he doesn't, the Rockies could very easily do something like what they just did with Clint Hurdle and make him a special assistant. Yeah. I mean, Bud's not getting any younger, but I he he's if he wants it, he still has he has plenty of mileage left before he's he ran out of gas. Yeah, Bud Black is a baseball guy, and and as much as he loves his family, as much as he loves being in San Diego and you know the sunshine and everything else, he's a baseball guy. So I I could absolutely see that happening, but you know he's still a skipper. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think. For this team right now and for the expectations that are, you know, again, according to Groke's article, low heading into he's the right guy for this job to try to navigate some choppy waters. And just think, okay, the Rockies, technically they improved in 2021, but where would they be if it was not for Bud Black and Bud Black, as we know, and as one of the commenters said in the article for uh Groke's article just imagine where the Rockies would be if they didn't realize we can pitch at Coors Field absolutely that's a great point they would they they would seriously be a hundred plus loss team yeah. and as as the commenter said I'll, I'll read it word for word quote I wish Bud Black could get more credit for what he's done one fan said He's shown that it's possible to pitch at elevation. He's also held the team together during some pretty awful times. His accomplishments are impressive. No, 100% argument. agree. Nope. No argument at all. 
you know, you look back to the way that he and Herman Marquez have developed this camaraderie, uh, you know, and I'm just going to use that as an example. And I think back to the all-star game last year, whenever there was the whole drum beating about, Oh, what if Herman starts the all-star game and da, 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 you know, and, and it's at Coors field. Wouldn't that be cool? Bud kind of pumped the brakes on that a little bit, yeah. you know, Bud pumped the brakes a little bit, you know, and, and really talked about how Herman's got to earn that, you know, yeah. that that's down the road. And, and certainly he will, Bud believes, but just because everybody else wants it doesn't mean that's what's right at that time. Yeah. And it also, it, especially off the record, he, he'll be very honest with you of some of the things. And then there's, there's some things like, for example, people were writing him at the beginning of the season of, okay, why the hell is Elias Diaz still on this roster? Yep. He's hitting a buck 10. What the hell? And sure enough, in the final 80 to 90 games of the year, can you uh, honestly, now this partially speaks to the history of Rockies catchers, but in that 80 to 90 game stretch, he was the best offensive catcher in Rockies history. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, you can say, well, they lucked into it, whatever. No, Bud knows these players. Yeah. You know, he does. Bud knows them. And, and I think that a lot of times we look at a move being made, and we kind of maybe raise an eyebrow or whatever it might be. But I think that whenever you're looking at managers in the right place at the right time, we will look back years from now and go, you know, there wasn't anybody better than Bud during that stretch for the rocks. Yeah. And on the other hand, you look, so 66% rated him a four or a five out of five. And then you look at Bill Schmidt, you look at Dick Monfort. Schmidt's better than Monfort, but that's not saying much considering how confident are you in Dick Monfort? Very confident or somewhat confident is 1.8%. Not sure is 2.4%. Less than confident is 13%, not confident at all, 82.7%. Yep. And and I think that I wonder, you know, play devil's advocate with me here for a minute. Granted, those numbers are insane, okay? <laughs> they yeah. are. But I wonder with the report coming out at the same time that Dick Monfort is so active in the negotiations for the lockout, I wonder – exactly how skewed those were you know if you'd taken those right after the all-star game you know if you'd taken them before the trade deadline now granted ever since you know it, it hadn't been good let's be perfectly honest but i think this is about as low as low as you can get right now knowing that that's a key figure in the lockout which is going absolutely nowhere as we record this podcast yeah and and that's the thing and for bill schmidt if you look on a scale of one to five, people rating him a four or a five is two and a half percent. Now, fortunately for him, at least there's a third of the vote that says that he's a three, which if you look at number two, it's 48.3. Really? It's pretty accurate because, Mm -hmm. okay, he hasn't had a lot of time to do much. He's definitely better than Breidich, but he bungled the thing with uh, story, and unless he somehow makes a m- miraculous return to the end of the lockout, which God knows when the lockout ends, but he definitely bungled the issue with uh, John Gray. Yeah. So 
I, is it Nolan Arenado territory of with Breitich? No, it's definitely an improvement. But on the other hand, you really couldn't have gotten worse than Breitich. And, and I still say the jury is out yeah. with Bill Smith. We don't know what kind of moves he's going to make before the season. You know, and again, that's the other frustrating thing about the lockout is that there's so many answers we don't know and we won't know, you know, uh, about this team. Because, again, as it's constructed right now, yeah, it's it's not good. And yeah. you would be tempted to take the under on the Vegas odds. Absolutely. for In terms of wins. But we also know that that's not how it's going to look whenever opening day finally does happen whenever that is. Yeah. Even if it's small changes, which that's, I wrote an article about it of how now we are entering month three of the lockout. Yep. And the longer this drags on, the more the Rockies can quite honestly, legitimately claim, Hey, we couldn't do much this off season. Maybe we didn't want to do anything in the first place, but now we have the excuse of, Oh, we couldn't have transactions for three, four, five months. So sorry. And and I do in my heart, I do think the Rockies are going to do some things. I I know they know they can't sit still. Yeah. I I know that. And I, and I think any fan as, as uh, you know, crusty as they might be about the current state of the Rockies, I still think they know that there's absolutely no way that this team goes into next year looking like it does right now. Now, like you said, it may be very small changes, but and what might those changes be? I think that's what we've got to talk about. And, hey, why don't we do that after the break here on the Rocks File, Rockies Report. And Kevin Henry back with Noe England here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Talking about the lockout, talking about the Rockies being in neutral right now, uh, not knowing which way they're really going to go. Hopefully not in reverse. Uh, but hopefully actually be able to do some things after the lockout to improve this team. You know, I uh, one thing that I saw floating around social media earlier this week, and I'm sure you did as well, Noah, uh, is the whole Kyle Schwarber, uh, you know, and the Rockies being interested in him. I don't think that was really new news by any stretch. You know, I, I think I think all of us who run blogs or run, uh, you know, newspapers <laughs> or have to figure out something to write, we're all trying to figure out something to write. And I think that was just a, a recycled piece of information uh, because obviously you can't be having those talks right now. Yeah. And yes, we know the Rockies were interested just like they were in Chris Bryant, just like they've been linked to a couple of other folks as well. But until we get past this lockout or until, until we see some kind of light at the end of the tunnel, that's all it's going to be is you remember, you remember back in November when dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a recycled thing. It's more of a confirmation of, okay, we know the Rockies were interested or are interested in Kyle Schwarber. But for example, I remember, I think it was John Heyman right before the lockout said the Rockies are contemplating a return of possibly thinking about bringing Trevor story back. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of, maybes and buts and we'd like to but that's not going to happen i agree i mean i would like to maybe think that once we're done recording this i can go upstairs and possibly think about finding a million dollars sitting there but that's not going to happen 
No. <laughs> it, I, I hope it does for you. Trust me. Uh, you <laughs> I, know, but, believe me, I'd love if it, it happened. <laughs> but, but I don't but think I, I, I think everybody is hedging their words right now. I think everybody is confirming things that happened before. You know, and again, nothing new is going on right now. And and a lot of what, you know, I've, I've been looking at as far as the Yankees, as far as the Dodgers, as far as the Cubs, as far as some of these teams that you think Red Sox, you know, that are going to be up there in terms of spending, you know, they're also waiting to see what CBA is going to look like. Yeah. And how much money can they offer Carlos Correa or Trevor Story or Kyle Schwarber or Chris Bryant? So, you know, there there's a lot of, teams that are stuck in neutral right now. It's not just the Rockies. Yeah. And if you look, and we were talking about in the first segment, Nick Grope's article on the athletic. One of the questions he posed was quote, what is the Rockies most pressing concern right now? Number one, far and away is quote, rigid front office, but number two, and this shouldn't be a surprise to people, but, just imagine saying this five years ago, not enough offense. Yeah. Because you just know they're going to hit. You just, you just know, you you just just know they're they going to hit Kevin Henry. Damn it. You know, I, I hate to tell you this, but we, we know for the last couple of years, they're, they're not going to hit, uh, no. you know, and, and, and the, it's coming few and far between, you know, uh, there was some talk earlier in the week about, well, I guess it was last week when the Hall of Fame uh, wrapped up and everything else and about when Matt Kemp was going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot. You know, and you look at the Rockies signing Matt Kemp during the COVID shortened season to try to give them some kind of boost. Yeah. You know, I mean, th- this is where the team is. It's trying to figure out where is the offense going to come from. And as we've talked about, and as every Rockies fan knows, Trevor Story is not walking back through that door unless everything collapses around him, and that's the only choice he has left. I think uh, we can. I I think we can both speak on behalf of Thomas Harding and say if that happens, it's all falling apart. It is. All, it will all be falling apart because the goodbyes have been said. The door has been closed. Story is out there trying to find a new team right now. You know and. So how are they going to replace Trevor Story's offense? How are they going to make sure that this team, as you mentioned, does hit this year? You know, and I think by just saying, well, you know, this guy is going to take the next step. This, you know, and and a lot of that's going to fall on the Brendan Rodgers crowd. Everybody's going to say, well, Brendan can take the next step. and, And let's hope he does. But you can't just rely on every player getting better next year as your your goal for your offense. The Rockies have done that in the last three years. Okay, yep. this guy needs to step up. He'll step up. By and large, they haven't. Yep. And not to mention, you you do have players regressing. Charlie Blackman is 35 years old. He'll be 36 on July 1. He's not getting any younger. No. And you look from 2019. Even in 2019, he had a 576 slugging percentage. And 2021, it was 411. So that's dropped 160 points. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of warning signs, whistles, whatever you want to say about if this team doesn't make those tweaks that we talked about before the break. 
and just comes into next year. And again, I don't think this is going to happen, but if it were to be that case, this would not be a good team. And I don't care how well Marquez or Freeland or Gomber or Senzatella or anybody else pitches, you know, you're going to lose two to one. And, and that's a problem. And again, to what we alluded on in the first segment, if you are looking at the Rockies lineup and you just strictly look at slugging percentage and you, you told anybody this time last year that going into the season, the player with the third highest slugging percentage on your team was Elias Diaz. Yeah. You would say, wow, that's a bad team. Yeah. And, you know, Diaz was found gold for a lot, yeah. of, a lot, of, a lot of ways last year. You know, and, and do you count on them doing that again this year for there being a, and I'm just going to say Sam Hilliard. Do you count on Sam Hilliard all of a sudden being a, the slugger and the non-strikeout guy that we all hope he will be? That'd be great. But I don't think it's something that you can say for certainty will happen. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's a lot, obviously, to be done after lockout. There's a lot to figure out for this Rockies team. And I think one thing that they have to figure out, Noah, based on Nick Groke's article, which, again, we encourage you all to – uh, read on the athletic, they've got to figure out how to get this fan base back on their side. Yeah. You know, and and I, I do think there's a lot of PR work that the Rockies still need to do with this fan base. And I know, again, it's going to take some time and I know it's going to be after the lockout, but this is a fan base that it's, if you never knew it, if you just read this article and you will see how quickly that, you know, this is a fan base that is wants to love this team, yeah. but wants to have a reason to love this team too. And on that point, if you look, okay, all the criticisms of the Rockies and you look at the section where it says, okay, what kind of fan are you? It, it's essentially diehard fans. Yeah. Saying, okay, I'm pissed off right now because I've still had, I've, I've had to deal with this for, for forever. And yeah, 23% said, quote, I'm still a diehard. 36% said, quote, more passionate than most. And only a combined 23.3% say, I root, but don't follow co closely or quote, go abs. Yeah, it's it's funny to me that, you know, Denver, it's a Broncos town. Okay, I mean, let's let's be yep. honest. It's always going to be a Broncos town. But I believe in my heart it's also a baseball town too. And I, I believe it's more of a baseball town than just people who are transplants from California putting on their Giants and Dodgers gear and going to the game. I believe that with all my heart. But I think this team, for it to be for Denver and the area to be a baseball town, it has to have a reason to be a baseball town. And it's and it's not just about wins; it's about finding hope that wins are coming. And yes, you can talk Zach Bean, you can talk you know Ezekiel Tovar, you can talk all these guys, great. But that's still down the road. What are you going to give them next year that they can find hope in? What are you going to find in 2023? You know, I mean, I, I think that's the question that we've got to think about if you really want to figure out how to reconnect with this fan base. And the fans have realized, too, with trades 
okay. For example, Herman Marquez, he's arguably your best player going into 2022. And with his contract, is he going to be with the Rockies when they're a contender? No. Simple. He's not. So if you look, quote, who do you consider untouchable in trade on the Rockies roster? 56.5%. Nobody. The trade helps do it. You know, we always talk about these franchises that are in win-now mode. I think every franchise is in win-now mode. Nobody wants to be the guy on the bottom of the, you know, nobody wants to be the Diamondbacks. Nobody wants to be the Rockies. You don't. The Pirates, the Orioles, you don't want to be that. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, you've got to look at what is going to help this team get better in the near term. And and that's exactly right. It may be a Marquez, a McMahon, uh, you know, a, a trade that nobody really wants to make. But at the same time, if baseball's a business, Maybe it's the right move. Yeah. So. And on the point of trying to restore some faith with the Rockies and not being California transplants, it would also do a hell of a lot if there wasn't a lockout right now. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh, okay. There's going to be baseball. Oh, right. we don't have Rob Manfred and Tony Clark just leaking stuff to the press and trying to make each other look bad. And not to mention, oh, we're going to postpone spring training. We're going to have games canceled in the regular season. We're going to look like complete asses in the media. Pardon my French. But it's. No, we're. What what city's a baseball town right now? St. Louis? New York? uh, That's a great question. Knowing that we're two weeks from today, we should have pitchers and catchers at spring training, and it's not going to happen, is extremely frustrating. Yeah, and even before the lockout, how many times have we said or other people said baseballs are aggressing on this because they don't how to they don't know how to market their product? Yep. And you have a hell of a hard time marketing your product if there's no product there and you go on MLB.com and it's a barren wasteland. Agreed. And you wonder why Agreed. you're losing fans. And you wonder why the NFL has taken over as the number one sport. And the United States and North America in general and the past 20, 25 years. And what happened 25 years ago? Oh, right. gee, what could that be? Yep. And you lost 20% of your fans then. All right. You know, no, let's do something good. I feel like sometimes we go down the rabbit hole of not so good. Yeah. Whenever we get on this podcast and we don't mean to be folks, but we we're realists here. Um, but what we've done, this is something exciting and we're not going to say anything other than next episode is the 100th one for the rocks power Rockies report. Super excited about that. And dare I say, Noah, that we have lined up an incredible guest to join us for the next episode. Not going to say who, but just going to tease that it is going to be a really fun episode uh, that we've been working on quite a while to line up, and it's actually going to happen. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we were hoping to get some. Uh, I, I will give a teaser. It is not somebody from the Rockies, unfortunately, no. because we were hoping this offseason we get some Rockies people. But again, lockout, it can't, doesn't work. Um, no. So, yeah, someone who is a big Rockies fan and someone you have heard of before. 
Absolutely. So you'll just have to find out on the next episode of the Rockspile Rockies Report. But hey, lockout or not, we're still putting up content on rockspile.com. Make sure you check us out. Obviously, we'd love any kind of likes, subscribes, whatever for this podcast. We would be honored for that. But for now, ending up episode 99 of the Rocks Power Rockies Report for my good friend and fellow co-expert, Noe Yingling. This is Kevin Henry signing off. And even on the snowiest and darkest of February days, go Rockies. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.